Warning, ProTri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello and welcome to a new series of Pro Try News. We've done some interim fillers with you, a few shows to kind of tide you through the winter, but we are back with our unusual show. Uh, we'll look ahead to the season now. This is the uh, preview show and we'll, we'll recap on a few little races that have come and gone. But most importantly, joining us today from Boulder, Colorado, Chelsea Burns. How was your run today, Chelsea? Hi, Mark. Thanks for asking. I ran with one of your country mates. Holly Lawrence this morning, we did some chatting about triathlon and I learned she had a birthday yesterday and she's a triplet. Yeah, she's got, uh, I was about to say twin sister, twin brother. That doesn't really work. Triplet sister, triplet brother. Yeah. I'm not sure you can call Holly one of our countrymen anymore. She's, she's basically a yank these days. She's spent so long that side of the pond. She does. Uh, And also we have with us the one and only Talbot Cox who's dropping in from an airport. Thanks for making time. Where are you, mate? I am just landed in Houston and route home from Super League events. So about to be home. Somehow we scheduled this on a day and we're all doing something. So we'll, 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 we'll we'll have our stuff together for next show, 100%. We say that on every show, and yeah, our stuff is never together, but we'll endeavour to do it next week. Uh, we also have Carl Glass with us, normally the host of the show, but he's driving at the moment. Carl, you got us on comms? Uh, I don't probably don't have the best audio right now as I'm driving, but uh, church and brunch ran a little late today, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of a little late, but we had planned on doing the show at 2, but we kind of made special accommodations for Talbot, and so it's kind of just put everyone out at a, a little bit of a disadvantage. But we'll, I like we'll, the way you we'll take any opportunity, any opportunity to blame Talbot, we'll always take it. And most importantly, we have Pat coming in from New Zealand. It must be quite early there, Pat. Hello from Taupo, New Zealand. It's 8.47 on Monday morning. Uh, big weekend of racing here. And, you know, now we're just packing up. We've got a 12-seater Toyota van. Uh, it's, it's white, just like my van at home. So I, I'm, I'm feeling very good about everything here and uh, thrilled, to, thrilled to chat on the show. I've missed a couple, so I'm just ha- really happy to be back. And, and finally, I want to say one thing. I was at a world triathlon race here in Taupo. And I, you know, we always say, ah, the episodes aren't great because, you know, the, the world, you know, the draft legal ones, we don't, we're not sure. A lot of our fans are, you know, non-draft. Um, I can't tell you guys how many fans we have. Uh, that's one here in New Zealand and then two uh, in the sport of, of non-draft triathlon. So I want to index a little bit harder this year and, and speak to uh draft legal a little bit more even because it's clear that that we've got a ton of fans so yeah uh, personal personal stuff aside on that it's clear that we got to lean in and talk about the sport more because people are, are really into it yeah it's definitely i mean i'm not trying to toot i'm not trying to toot my own home but i was at a world triathlon race as well this weekend so okay so Talbot, I know you want to get off and talking about that. I know you're desperate to talk about Super League. Before you do, let's just remind people, um, Talbot hates Super League. He finds it boring. He doesn't understand it, and he has no interest in it in general. Talbot, I expect you had a miserable few days, did you? No, it was, well, outside of the weather, I think, I don't know what it was in Celsius. It was about negative uh, 20 degrees here uh, in Fahrenheit, so you guys can do the math. But, no, it was... Uh, 
overall a, a pretty fun event. I, I get, of course, your heavy hitters weren't here, like Alex E, Beth Potter, Hayden Wild, and all them. But uh, it, it, we we had a lot of fun. And you've been raving about this Super League on our group chat, and your Instagram suggests it's the greatest thing on earth. People like Jack Schofield have messaged me and Kyle to call you out on basically being a massive hypocrite. Any response to that, or you just sold now? No, I I, I still. I'll still kind of back my point. I still don't know if I can follow the format as close when it's uh, like the the Super League around the loop events. Like this, this was pretty cool in the sense that you got to like see athletes like facial expression because it was like right there. So, uh, and and of course, e racing and all that it it brings a fun aspect. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sold on it. I mean, I would definitely rather watch a PTO race than a more traditional race. But it was a lot of fun, a lot of exciting. Also, having kind of like being in an arena with a crowd. I mean, there was probably the same amount of people as there as there was at a World Cup or WTS, but they're all in a secluded area, so it looks like a lot more and it's a lot louder. So, it was a lot of fun. Have you been to a World Cup or a WTS? Oh uh, yeah, I've, I've been to WTS. I went to the Chicago Grand Final. Uh, that was pretty fun. Really? I mean, there was a actually there was a way lot there was a late way lot more people there than there was at. Uh, at the arena games okay we've got to say i was a skeptic of the the saunders approach to the arena games and i think most people you look to the polls thought he wasn't even going to make the finals saunders came in sixth he made the finals comfortably he broke some bike records most importantly though chase mcqueen won it henry schumann second uh stanton stock i think he's a loughborough athlete um he's from the uk in third but saunders managed to hold on to sixth place I'm pretty impressed by that. And he's got to be happy with that, as he Talbot. Yeah, he's excited. But we, we interviewed him yesterday and he's like, guys, look, like there, there's a local newscaster that asked him, are, are you considering trying out for the Olympics or Team Canada now? And Lionel just laughed. He's like, guys, we're, we're racing on a video game. I, I, I like reality is I would have got out of the water and a group, a mass group of people drafting in a Peloton, I would have been lapped out faster than Cam Worth would have been lapped out. So, of course, he, the only reason he went to the race because it was eSports and it was non-draft. So, yes, he's yeah. he's super excited. He set a personal best on every single swim he did. Uh, and, I mean, he's just like what Maka said. He's, he's just a diesel engine. He, his fastest round and fastest splits were all from the stage three, which is where everyone else was complete hypoxic lactate done for the day and it just exploding so he just he just stayed consistent but he's stoked but most importantly uh super stoked for chase mcqueen he had a phenomenal day and stan stock who really i don't want to say struggled but was the last athlete to get into the finals and then was able to come away with second and he was really questioning if he'd even do good in the finals so and then most importantly henry schumann he's been injured for I want to almost say two years ranked out of the top hundred in world triathlon series rankings. I mean, he's not even on the start list to Abu Dhabi. He's waiting to get a, uh, a roll down slot. So it was really cool to see yeah. him back on form as well. Um, I, I have a few things to say. I wasn't on the ground watching like Talbot, but I did watch the YouTube feed of it, which was really good. Um, and like you said, it was, it was cool to see Chase McQueen won, win. he's a, I think you see, kind of the swimming incredibleness of people like him and Schumann and um, Raphael, when you put him in a pool like that. And I mean, we know Lionel's going to get absolutely demolished in that, but to see them put seven seconds into him in the first 50 really kind of shows how good of swimmers guys like that are. But I mean, I want to give 
a lot of credit to Lionel. He definitely made it very fun to watch for me. I mean, I think everyone was kind of laughing a little bit, not laughing at him, but just to kind of see him entered in this event, but to kind of watch him hustle out of the water and do his like little running waddle and get on the bike and start biking with the most insane face. It was just, I don't know. I was kind of glued to the YouTube for the half an hour or so. Um, and then on that, that British kid um, who was third in the end, I think that, I mean, hopefully the treadmills were all calibrated and he, I think all the technology was correct. I think Super League makes that a pretty big priority because it is really important that you could have the most minute difference between treadmills. And when you kind of get on that stage, it can be a pretty big deal. But I think that you saw Chase McQueen a little frustrated after the first round because he kind of watched him run and was like, hey, is this kid's treadmill off? Um, so I think that if they are looking toward adding e-sport triathlon to an Olympics, whether it's 28 or 32, I do hope that they kind of continue to play around with the integrity, I guess, of this event, because it is important. There's a lot on the line, whether it's money or points or glory for Lionel. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy, I really did enjoy watching it, especially that men's race. Um, can you tell us what happened in the women's too, Talbot, just so we don't forget that? Well, I was in the back with Chase while the women's race was going on, and we were watching his girlfriend go, Gina. So I am probably terrible. I don't know really any of these girls. You'd probably do better than me, but I do know Chase's girlfriend won. It was a more impressive win than she have a win? Big Match and Jeannie Metzler. Chase's, Chase's girlfriend. I said, no, no, I said Gina. Oh, okay, okay. Gina Serena. And yeah. Gina is on. Uh, yeah, and she is on her way to Abu Dhabi as well right now. So she will be racing there in a couple weeks' time, next week time. Yes. But um, and then I don't even remember who got second. Sophie Lynn, uh, Lynn. Uh, races for Australia. She also lives in Boulder, Colorado, was second. Um, and Dominika Jamnicki, Canadian hometown, rounded out that podium for third. And Sophie was a medalist at the Commonwealth Games, correct? Uh, or no. maybe a relay medalist. Relay medalist. She had a good Commonwealth Games. Yeah, okay. She didn't medal. I feel like she was maybe fifth or sixth. Yeah. Now, I know Pat wanted to make a point about the treadmills before we moved on, but I can see from his camera he's busy packing bikes. Um, I don't know if he's going to unmute and come in, but otherwise, oh, he's, he's, running, he's running and waving. Right, Pat, points. I'm coming in. I just wanted to make a point on this. Obviously, I thought from a spectacle standpoint, this race was really cool, and it and – it, uh, I like it. My question that I was posing to the group chat yesterday is where does this series probably just fit into to triathlon as a whole? Um, you know, I think it, it just seems to me that there are so many races going on and this was, you know, made clear by the, by the start list that they had at this event. I just, in a post COVID era, I, I struggle to see the arena games having an impact on the future and i don't want to be wrong or i'd like to be wrong because i think it was cool and it looked really cool uh, and the broadcast was had a it had some amazing features it's just hard for me to see this series happening in we'll call it 10 years and i and i think you know people would argue this could be an olympic sport i'm just i'm just not sure we've seen really even the fall off of esports and road cycling, which was super popular during COVID, we've just 
we, we haven't seen the same traction uh, the last 18 months that we saw, you know, in March, April, and May of 2020. Yes, Kyle. I would agree with you in a sense that it has fallen off. However, it is more exciting to watch. And me as a triathlon fan, like I want to try and go do a super league race. Cause it just like looks like fun. And whenever you have a controlled environment, it's just like swimming in the Olympics or when you're in a stadium and the tracks in the middle, I think that this could be the next sport for triathlon in the Olympics. If we did go that route. And I think that it could sell thousands of tickets. I'm not going to say hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands, but it could sell thousands of tickets. And when we chatted with Chris Gemmel a few weeks ago, he confirmed that that is something they're looking at. I know that it is kind of hard for us to get our head around at this point, but it is something that the IOC is considering. And yeah, esports does look to be something that they're trying to grow. Yeah, that makes sense. And, 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 to, and to add on to the treadmill stuff and the bike stuff, when you do anything esports, all gamers find out hacks. I was talking to uh, Stanton Stock probably pronounce that wrong he figured out how to make the treadmill go faster so uh and it's the same way with lionel lionel knows how to make your bike trainer read more watts he says the worst thing you can do in an esports race is stand up and crank and no one knows that you get all those kids over there standing up and cranking and something about sitting on the trainer and staying seated and just putting power to pedals your your watch is going to read more consistent on a trainer. So that's how Lionel was probably able to break the bike record because he's raced so many times in esports. So anytime you have an esports game, people are going to find out little uh, like hints or little things to improve their performance. So look at if, if for example, go to if I was to tell anyone to watch this race, go to stage two of the men's race. Watch Stanton Stocks start on the treadmill. It is like absolutely insane. And then uh, watch Lionel hunt down Stanton on, on the bike. I mean, it's really, really entertaining. But anytime, just like what Chelsea said, it is going to be, this needs to be completely perfected before it's ever an Olympic sport. We're losing Mark on Super League here. Let's roll to the next one. No, yeah, not so much. I was hoping to hand back you know, the editorial rights to Carl as this is his baby, but I thought we'd canter through the rest of the races we've had this last weekend before we go on to our predictions. I think people enjoy your uh, British accent much more than they enjoy my Oklahoma American accent, so <laughs> we'll, we'll just roll with it. We'll roll with it for today. Um, do you want to take Volcano Try, and then you want to talk about Gwen's comeback, Pat? We are take Volcano Try quickly. I only added it in because we went down to watch, and it's one that Lucy Charles normally races as an invitational race. Uh, there's normally a few big hitters like kind of shake it out, and it's it, it rekindled my love for like low uh, low pressure local feel events. It's a non drafting Olympic distance triathlon on Lanza. It's the oldest triathlon on Lanzarote, and the big thing that captured out of the hearts watching it is there's a girl called Kate Caran from the UK who's just turned pro. Um, and she did her very, very first pro race uh, was this Volcano Triathlon. And she won it. But impressively, she beat Sarah Perez-Sala to win it, and Maya Starge nilsson and Lydia Dan, who won Ironman Lanzarote last year. And she ran home in a 34-41 10K off a non-drafting bike on a fairly heavy course. Like, it's pretty solid going, and it was a super stoked to watch her take the win. Um in the men's side, it's more of like a hitter amongst the young young lads. Dominic uh, Dieter Comher won. 
um, Nicola Dolce. They're not names you should you necessarily know. Uh, and in eighth place, Reese Barkley has sort of brought home these kind of the non-business crowd. But it just reminded me how much fun these short, uh, low-pressure events can be. Um, but more importantly, this weekend, we had the comeback of the one and only Gwen Jorgensen. Pat? Well, speak of the devil, I've got Gwen sitting here at our Airbnb, and I, I this is an impromptu. I asked her about 15 seconds ago. I said, can you come on the pod? So, um, Gwen, we're in Taupo. You know, obviously, we know the results, but uh, t- tell us about the race. Yeah, it was super fun. I think, um, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. It was the first triathlon in, what, seven years-ish? Um, and so there were some things that were just a a little slower. I, uh, my transition wasn't great on day one, day two, we had the relay and my transition was probably half the time. Um, so yeah, it was, it was super fun to get out there. I felt really strong on the bike. My run didn't feel great, but you know, I'm four months postpartum and, um, we got Jordan Stanley. We're trying to get on this time zone and I'm really glad we're actually here. I have a month now to prepare before new Plymouth. Amazing. Okay. Well, I think, uh, that's enough. I have one question for Gwen. Oh. Yeah. Okay, Gwen, your run, it usually we always see it being the fastest. How long do you think it's going to take you to get your running legs back under you? What have, what did you see after Stanley? Like how long did you feel like you're like, "Wow, I'm I'm back at it again." Yeah, um I think Stanley it was 5 months postpartum I felt pretty good. Um right now I'm 4 months. I think as well even Yesterday in the relay, I felt like myself running. So I don't know if it was just the jet lag that first day or if the bike was a little bit harder Um, as well. Just my training. I've done some race pace efforts, but nothing over a minute at race pace. So to do a 5K, I think was just asking a lot of my body. And, um, you know, I just I couldn't get the range of motion. I didn't I didn't feel like myself running at all on Saturday. Uh, But I really think this next month, I think in New Plymouth, you'll see me see my uh my normal hopefully form <laughs> <laughs> one one last question what did you learn in this race that you're looking forward to applying at new plymouth that's a great question i learned that i really need to work on my transitions and as well i mean i really feel like i started some real training like three weeks ago and so um obviously i've been training before that but actual like swim bike run in one day started about three weeks ago and so i feel like i can just continue to build that fitness and that's what i'm looking forward to it's also going to be a huge step up in the competition in new plymouth so you know this is just a oceana connie cup so uh you know there were some some good women there but new plymouth is going to be a new level definitely cool thanks thanks Gwen. That's in trouble. Like the the wives never like being surprised and dragged on the podcast <laughs> without any pre warning. And he's he's playing it cool now, but he's getting a kick in later. Just get absolutely throttled on this four hour drive. <laughs> I can't believe you made me do that. <laughs> yeah, one more one more race that happened this weekend. Husky try down in Australia. Ellie Salthouse notched another win to her resume. Um, and Nicholas Free bounces back after a DNF at uh, Tasmania. So. Bunch of racing been going on down in Oceana, and then we got some big ones on tap this weekend as we look forward to the season getting underway. So um, WTS Abu Dhabi is probably the first race of the weekend. Chelsea, what are you looking forward to? Everything. I've been waiting for months now. Actually, it does feel like they were literally just in Abu Dhabi. 
I drove my uh, my pal and racer Kevin McDowell to the airport yesterday. Sent him off, and uh, he was like, "Man, I do feel like I literally flew back from there just yesterday." Um, so it will be interesting to see them all uh, congregating back there. It's back on the F one course, so not the moved venue that they were on in November when they raced. Um, but yeah, I mean, not every big name is there. We're missing some people like Nib and Flora. Um, but there will be, I think some very exciting racing to be had. It's a sprint distance. Um, it'll be hard to watch for us Americans. I think the races are 1244 AM and 244 AM mountain time. Um, which I probably cannot make personally. Uh, do you want to, I don't know, preview or do picks or anything? Well, I forgot how we even do this. We can do a couple picks. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear your picks, especially without those big names missing. It's a bit more niche, isn't it? Once you lose Nib and Duffy, like who, who, who are you taking, Charles? Um, well, I guess just a few people to note. We will have Georgia Taylor-Brown there, who is the uh defending runner-up of the world series you know she's a decent athlete another notable one i think we should keep our eye on is katie zafira as will be making her return to racing this will be her first race back since the olympics right no yeah something after that anyways olympics time so she had a child in was it july um and looks based on Instagram and a bit of chatting with her to kind of really be um, finding her groove in the past month. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how she goes. Um, I don't, I think the, the racing was missing a spark in the past year without kind of the horsepower of her and Jessica Learmonth, who is also on the comeback. It won't be in Abu Dhabi, but I'm really looking forward to seeing those two back in the mix for this 2023 year. Um, as for my picks, I don't know, guys. Is it? It's a sprint distance, correct? So yeah. it's going to be very short, very fast. Um, you can look for people like Cassandra Bogran to be able to run fast. You can look for uh, a Beth, Beth Potter. Potter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that kind of this early season racing too, not everyone's in their tip-top form. Like if they were racing end of November, they probably took a good bit of December off and um, yeah, probably are not quite flying so i could see it being a bigger group in the women's race um and people that can just run georgia cassandra beth potter a podium kind of looking with sorts like that um and for the men's race kyle mentioned christian blumenfeld had to pull off the start list due to illness um i'm sure it will still be very exciting we've got Yi and hayden wild and vincent louis um a few very Dorian Connick's, Leo Berger. It's amazing, yeah. Morgan Pearson. Yes, Seth Ryder. There's loads. Uh, it's a really good men's start list. I don't know. And over a sprint, it's so much harder to pick, right? Like, yeah. It, it doesn't Matthew have the time. One of those could easily get a jump. Yeah. And we can't forget, he was trying to get a roll-down slot, and he finally got on, maybe from a substitute from Christian. But Gustav is racing. Uh, yes. Gustav is starting his grind. We've talked about him on the show before, right? Our followers so. should know who but our, our followers all will probably, the long course followers don't know how good or bad he usually does in WTS events. So it'll be interesting to see how he starts to 
build enough points because I believe from what I heard, I could be wrong on this, Chelsea could probably correct me, he doesn't have enough points to even get into the test event right now. Is that correct? Uh, if it's full, that's correct. He, I know, was on the wait list for this and had to roll on. He was initially entered to race Sarasota, a U.S. Conti Cup, until he did roll on to Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, our, our followers do know that Gustav Eden is a very solid athlete. And, and but- Sorry, Carl Smith's on there as well. Is he Carl right? Smith, fourth place in a Conti Cup in New Zealand? Yeah, Carl Smith, that Carl Smith. Carl Smith okay. from the long distance world that's just come over. Like it's it's a big step up that. That's one that's gonna be a shock to the system for Carl Smith. As some of our listeners will have heard of him from the long distance world. Right, Kyle. Are we looking ahead now to the rest of the, the rest of the weekend? You want to you want to take us through the weekend to come? Uh, the, I mean, there is there is Ironman New Zealand, um, though there's not much going on there. It's it's a relatively small prize pot, so it will rank in at a silver event uh, under the new ranking systems, um, and it also clashes with Ironman uh, South Africa pretty heavily. So. The field is fairly slim, though on that start list is Sebi Kinley, um, which makes it a little bit interesting for those in, in the know. There's also Braden Curry on there and Jan van Berkel, but that's about it. Uh, Matt yeah. Burton can race well as well, and Cam Brown's on there. But there's only sort of six or seven males ranked on there. And then on the women's side, there's Els Weiser, Meredith Kester. This must be her 4,987th Ironman race. Um, and then Hannah Berrin, Rebecca Clark. It's, it's a bit of a shoe in for Els Weiser, you would have to think. But yeah, Meredith Kester's still got some legs in her. But anyway, that's the, that's the small race of the weekend. The most uh, exciting the thing race. on the men's side, I think, from New Zealand is Mike Phillips, who raced on the cycling circuit. Um, I believe he's on a national cycling team. So between Mike Phillips, Matt Burton, and probably Sebastian Keenley and Braden Curry, it'll be interesting to see who comes away with the fastest bike split because they're all Uber bikers, you would consider. Uh, these days, I'm not so sure there's much of a thing as Uber bikers. You know, Sam Laidlow or Royal Most Pro Cyclists, um, you, you know, he outrode Camworth. Um, but yeah, uh, clutching at straws to find anything exciting about that race, especially when you I'd have. Like, go on, Pat. Yeah, I'd like to just, the only thing that I would say is interesting about it is obviously this will be the venue uh, that they use for 70.3 World Champs coming up. So just because I'm I'm on the ground here, I'd like to just put a word in probably for this course. And I do think it will, it will crown a, a very legitimate 70.3 World Champion because the it's a it's a cold uh could be a very choppy swim even though it's a lake it 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 feels like an ocean and the it's always windy here in new zealand so this weekend they experienced a lot of chop uh and obviously the wind and the roads here are are hilly and they're and they're wide open so there's there's zero hiding and then the run is is quite uh, undulating as well so yeah i think a heads up for for race shows in the future here yeah it's a popular destination for for a bucket list triathlon, that's for sure. On the men's side of Ironman South Africa, so this is the first of our big races. Uh, this would be a gold level event based on its prize money. If you remember, we talked through the ranking systems. Um, Do you have anyone you're rooting for, Matt, Mark, for the men's side on this race? Well, I mean, if you're not, if you haven't got your house bet on Alistair Brownlee, you're wasting money. Um, Alistair Brownlee is in the men's race against the likes of Clement Mignon, Leon Chevalier, Bradley Weiss, Cam Worth, who's just finished the UAE tour. 
the tour of the United Arab Emirates, a world uh, tour cycling event. He's just finished that as his preparation. And then you've got some Paul Schuster, uh, Massey Trotman's racing it, Arnold Gwillo. But I'm led to believe Alastair Brownlee is absolutely flying. Um, so I've, I've got him as a huge favourite. But Leon Chevalier is a super, super good athlete. So hopefully he gets a run for his money. And on the women's side, as good as Fenella Language is, when it comes to racing, not a world championships. Laura Phillips it seems to be pretty much unbeatable. So you've got Laura Phillips, Fenella Language, Justin Mayhew, uh, Jade Nicole out of South Africa. Um, Laura Zimmerman's there. Caroline Leader is there. But for me, Laura Phillips uh, takes a huge win there with Fenella Language coming in second. And um, she's just pretty much unbeatable on a on a non world champ sort of day. So we'll see that. Uh, I'm excited to watch this because it's the first big race of the year in the Ironman circuit and there's enough competition between Tanella and Laura to make it interesting between Leon, Clement and then Alice Brownlee for it to be interesting. And I believe it's been covered live, which we good to watch. The thing I struggle with about this race is how many years in a row has the swim been cancelled? So we were joking about this. Um, Indy Lima brought this up at dinner earlier. Like, what are the chances the swim is shortened or cancelled? Like, huge you're right, it's endlessly, it's halved or cancelled or halved. They've got to do something about it, otherwise it's, it's just a bit of a joke. It's, it's normally due to the wind, isn't it, um, blowing off the coast there. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed so we get a full race this time around. I would be willing to bet the last time it was a full, actual full Ironman with a full swim, I think it was 2018. That's bad, isn't it? And then yeah. there were a few before that. I know that 17 was cancelled as well, so... Yeah, it's not it's not promising, but that happens more and more. So we'll hope for the best. Obviously, uh, Alistair Brownlee. I mean, hopefully the Frenchman Leon and Clement can kind of give him a run for his money. Hopefully, Cam Work shows up on his uh, basic cycling fitness and is able to come away with some sort of qualification for for world champs. So four Alistair four leads. slots apiece. Alistair leads out the swim. Alistair leads out the swim and no one sees him after that. That's my prediction. Uh, yeah, four slots apiece. It's one of these huge races with loads of Kona and Nice slots for the men. We've got to stop saying Kona slots. That's going to be that's going to be tough to get used to for sure. So awesome. Well, uh, should we get into kind of the preview show for the year for things that we're looking forward to? So are we talking about the table here? We have the male winners, etc. Do we want to do the table first? I'd, I'd rather do the fan questions first. These are more exciting, in okay. my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Question number one. Will Sam Long survive the low-carb regimen of Dan Plews? Let's, guys, let's not blow this out of proportion. Well, Sam did. <laughs> I mean, well. They... You saw his YouTube video. He didn't have a single carb on his plate. Oh, God. Next question. No, no, no. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm sure right now, I haven't texted with Sam lately, but if I text him right now and I said, hey, Sam, I'm going to Costco. Do you want me to pick you up some muffins? I'm sure his mouth would just be salivating. It's nonsense. Like every pro athlete in the world, especially long distance, does some kind of carbohydrate periodization, which is all this is. Like he's not eating carbs for like a 16-hour stretch. Like... I call that bedtime. Like, it, it was just so dramatized because it's the USP that, that, that he, they can sell their product against. Like every pro athlete is doing this. And 
Like, if he's got really bad fat metabolization, it's amazing he's not tried something like this sooner. But it's called carbohydrate periodization. He's not a low carb. He's not doing keto. He's just, at times, not eating lots of carbs. That's all this is. Next yep. question. Next. Challenge Roth predictions. It's just oh, early. It's not till June, July. That's I what don't I think would think. People got excited about this, but uh, everyone's going to race two or three times before then. So I'm flat out refusing. Pat will tell you that Magnus is going to win it. <laughs> Pat, who's going to win it? Magnus for the men's race. There we go. Okay. okay. <laughs> and and Danielle arrive turns up because um, she's back being coached by Voldemort. Uh, she'll turn up as old Danielle arrive and just destroy it. Uh, classic. That's my prediction. Oh, yep. God. Done and, d- question two, done and dusted. Um, let's do, are the Olympics wide open, Chelsea? Well, yesterday Talbot texted and asked if Lionel could qualify. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no the question is with the you? amount of depth on the men's side, oh. are the Olympics so. wide open? Yeah, for sure. I could not pick a winner with any... I wouldn't put a dollar on anyone right now. I think it's some of the most competitive men's racing we've ever seen in world triathlon. For sure. I think it'll be really a really fun year to watch because I think that kind of this year out really um, sets the stage for the Olympics. I think people shut it down a little bit after the test event. So I think all the way until August, it'll be really good world triathlon racing on the men's side for sure. Yeah, and I, I think know, where we're going to see pressure. For... See... Sorry, we keep chatting over each other. Patrick, I thought, I thought color yeah, coding I... these would help you guys not talk oh, about each other. Oh, Kyle, Good I was guy. just about to go. Go ahead, Pat. The, the piece where we're going to see a lift on the men's side from is clearly from the French men. Um, there are more, you know, there's more than three men capable of making that Olympic team. And so because it's going to be their home nation, we're going to see – uh, elevated performances from 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 the French men like we've never seen before. So I think that along with, you know, obviously Christian and Gustav, we have Hayden Wild. I mean, I think we're, we're going to see some fantastic racing. And I think there's some names that are going to surprise us this, this year that we haven't said ever before that, um, yeah, we will eat our words thinking that Gustav is going to be a contender in the Olympics. But I think there are guys that are have been training for this actual type of distance for years now that are going to really kind of show us how it's done. So great. Do you think the women's side is as wide open as the men's or no? I don't. Um, I'm really hoping we see Jess Kalirmont in a race before August. I think her and Katie Zafira is coming back really kind of put the swim bike in a place where it hasn't been since 2021. And I think that was something I've mentioned this over and over again that was missing. So between those two, Taylor Nib, Flora Duffy, I know that Taylor Nib is coming back from injury. Flora Duffy has an injury she's dealing with right now. So I think it could be a few months before we see a race that gets me really excited on the women's side. But I really hope that, yeah, something comes together by summer that will kind of show us what a Paris Olympics looks like. Um, but yeah. And in reality, how many how many people can qualify at the test event? Like, say we're looking at the U.S. women's team, is there only one slot at the test event? Uh, yes. Kyle, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna step backwards from that. And it's probably it's important to understand at test events, 
that there's many races within the races going on. So it's not, we can break down just the U.S. qualification, but it's also important to understand the dynamics that bring, that the races brought with based on what the other countries have going on, right? So this is going to be a big selection for France. This is going to be a big selection for GB. Uh, and ultimately it all it may just get all washed out and we just see a, we're going to see a standard WTCS race anyway, but, but know that for the, for the minor major and minor places, there, there are different stakes for different athletes. I think Pat's talking in code a little bit and I'm going to decipher that Pat. I mean, Kyle asked Chris Gemmel on that episode, whether the selection for every country is the same. And we quickly corrected him to say, no, every country writes their own selection criteria for the U S that's a very intense legal process that gets vetted by lawyers and different committees and has to go get approved through all these different things. So just to use the U S as an example, because I'm most familiar with that process at the test event, there are two slots available for women and two slots available for men. So to qualify, as a woman, you have to be in the top eight. And for their two spots to go, you need to have two people in the top eight, one in the top three. So every country, most of the big nations, I know Australia is using um, the test event as well for criteria. So races within races, it's kind of like Pat said, those U.S. women essentially racing each other in Paris to claim kind of those first spots. So many of those initial spots for teams will start to go in the Paris event, Paris test event in August. Chelsea, I feel like I said the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, but you, 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 you keep saying races within races, which needs a little more clarification. I just want black and white. Like how many slots are we getting in the, and that's what I team? use. I use numbers. I said top. Eight, just I, said told us this. I know, I know, I know. Let's move on. Okay. Breakout stars for the year. We can go, Chelsea, if you want to talk about any WTCS athletes that you think are going to be a breakout star, Mark's face can just say it all on how he feels about this question. I don't know how you define a breakout star. That's that's probably the core. Yeah, and Chelsea Sedaro is a newcomer at the World Triathlon Awards last year. So, I don't know, maybe Lionel Sanders will be a breakout star this year. <laughs> yeah, this is... I'm with Mark. This one's very tough to define. Like, a, what, what, where do you draw a line in the sand to begin? Uh, 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 you know, I don't know. This is this is kind of weird. So, I think I would, Leon Chevalier could win this, and that would class as a breakout star. So, I'm going to just throw yeah, that out there. Right. All right, all right. Like a, you know, I'm good with that. That's... Could he win Rookie of Newcomer of the Year at the Global Triathlon Awards for that result? Yeah, he's only been racing for about eight years, so I think that makes you a rookie in World Triathlon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good shout, Mark. Yeah, fair enough. Chelsea? The women's side, it's all of the yeah, old dogs. I, I don't really have any names to throw out. I feel like I've been dropping names all day, but I think kind of as the next months progress, I'll be able to give you more honest ideas about who I think is going to be in the runnings for the Olympics. Mark, who you got for women? Breakout women. Uh, uh, no, nobody. Not, <laughs> not, not at the very top end. I just think you've yeah. got such a cemented top four or five across the long distance women. In this 100K distance, you've got Ashley Gentle. You've got like, Paula Finley, who's reliable over that. And then over the longer distance, you've got the same old names with Kat thrown in there, Laura Phillip and how 
Daniel Rice. It's just very hard to see anyone stepping into that very sort of rarefied air. Um, so no, I've not got I've not got a breakout star. We'll see some young people do some great things, but it'll probably be a short course athlete coming across and doing a hundred k distance that will surprise us most. That would be my guess on the women's side. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sophie Watts from the USA. She kind of was plagued with injury last year, and so it'll be interesting to see how she comes back from that. Uh, on the men's side. I mean, I would just give someone like Mika Newt, who's ranked 23 in the world right now. He probably had some races that were pretty impressive last year with a fourth place at 70.3 World Champs um, and then a top 10 10 at the U.S. Open that he would more than likely be able to kind of surprise, quote unquote, some people um, maybe in Ibiza coming up. There you go, Kyle. Good one. So um, shall we move into our table? Uh, this is the last question. PTO's decision to limit start lists and reduce funding to 50, 50th place. Yeah, I thought that was covered pretty well on the show. I listened to it before our, our call here today, guys. Um, you know, look, I think whether we like it or hate that decision, that's the decision that's been made. And we'll have a, a better understanding of where we truly, uh, how we truly feel about it, maybe towards the end of the year. But I think... Um, for me, it was probably a step in the right direction and a little bit of a, uh, I'll call it like, I don't want to say course correction, but I want to say a little bit of a honing in on what the, on what the final system will look like in two, three, four, five, ten 10 years from now. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. I kind of wish we'd asked a couple of other questions to Sam and he'd have had good answers because he's a very a very capable director, which is what he is, basically. It, I, like, I, it talks about, you know, it's the athlete ownership that owns this decision. I'd love to know how that challenge is done, like how they would actually do it. So if enough athletes were pissed off, how would they actually make that change? Because I had a look through some job, like only the paper I could find, and I've got no idea how they would actually fight that. I, I, and I read a great article on Slow Twitch about it, about talking about the PTO is a business, right? It, it is 100% a business with an athlete focus that they're, they're it's selling marketing points. And I don't think they're doing anything wrong by that. I don't think it's a bad thing. But I, these decisions are being made for corporate reasons as much as fairness. And we've all signed up to it. You know, enough people are getting paid. We're getting enough good traffic on TV. Um, and that's their decision and their right to make it. I, it's hard for those athletes trying to break in, really hard. Um, but it's... You know, should you be getting paid if you're ranked 300th? You know, some of the people sending us questions in were ranked 600th. You know, we're not, it's not golf. It's not got 100 million to trickle feed down. If you trickle feed that amount of money down, you'll, you'll lose the very top athletes to different things like Ironman and they'll step away from the PTO game. So it's a hard balance. But I, I, all in all, I, I sort of think they're still doing good things for the sport. Yeah, I agree. And I think people are household names for a reason. It's not that all of a sudden we were like, oh, Alistair Browning, oh, John Perdino. Like these people have paid their dues over the course of an entire career to be able to say like, yes, I am one of the most elite in the world. I am a top 10, top 20 ranked athlete. I think that there's great opportunity this year for people to race races that are kind of surrounded by the PTO events that are the diamond level events that if you're ranked 200th in the world, you should hundred percent be signed up for 70.3 St. George so that you can get as much points as possible and prove yourself that you can make the cut. 
So, um, moving on. By the end of the year, number one ranked male in the PTO rankings. I'm going to go with there's going to be no change in the male or female side. I think Christian Blumenfeld's going to be ranked number one at the end of the year, and I think Ash Gentle's going to be ranked number one at the end of the year. I'm going to disagree. Uh, we're going to we're going to see some. We're going to see with Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden that they they can't do all of these races, and we've seen um, the reality is is that is Gustav is a little behind the eight ball right now on points. Now, do I think he'll always be behind the eight ball on this? Absolutely not. But we have to remember what his sprint performance in leads looked like. You know, this is not the best. Th that this short course racing is tough for him. It's challenging for him, and he's going to have to focus on the explosive dynamics of these races. It's going to be tough for them to do the global travel of both series, the the World Triathlon series and the uh, PTO series. So I see a I see a big change in, in the top two for the men, and you know, look no further than uh, Magnus Ditlev and, and Lionel Sanders to be fighting for it. Oh my God, it's shameless. You're not biased <laughs> at all, Pat. Uh, they're ranked third and sixth right now. I mean, this is not. This is this is this is factual. This is. I think you're you're gonna see you're gonna see some great performances. You're gonna see a, a much closer fight for for the top two spots. Should we remind uh, Should we remind our listeners since it is the beginning of the year who Pat represents? Just so everyone knows. Well, I don't think that's neither here nor there. I'm just reflecting on the, on the, on the I think I'm reflecting on the current tops. I'm looking at the top six, and I'm understanding the demands that the top two are going to be thrown into in the years 22 and 23. So I think, you know, all all personal biases aside, I, I think we're going to see we're going to see Gustav Eden and Christian Blumenfeld be pulled in many different directions, and and it, they're going to come under some sort of pressure in one arena. And and I think the Olympics is, is something that they do want to chase. Christian Blumenfeld wants to repeat. Gustav Eden would love a gold medal. Um, but but they, you know, Gustav, for instance, it's not a secret. He he struggles at that distance. So just to be fair to answer the question, Pat does in fact represent Lionel Sanders, Magnus Ditlev, Kat Matthews and Taylor Nick. And um, just before we get onto the women's predictions as well. Because um, <laughs> I have no I have no biases or favorites in the sport at all. So on the men's side, I'm going with Alistair Brownlee for Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me just fill this let me just fill this in for a towel real quick. Okay, number one athlete by the end of the year, Lionel Sanders. Surprise, yeah, surprise. Yeah, uh, and now Alistair will win Nice, um, which is a platinum event or diamond, whatever the top one is. And he'll win one of the PTO events. That's a diamond. And then he'll do something else. And that'll secure him enough points. He'll take the win. How, how many injuries will he have along the way, Mark? No, they're all fixed now. Okay. There's no risk of injury. Um, absolutely not at all, Chelsea. <laughs> but what about, okay, what about, what about gastro? Is he going to have any, any, any stomach issues? They removed, they removed his stomach in the offseason, so he doesn't have <laughs> a stomach sorted, anymore. They've sorted out his nutrition partner. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone back to pie and chips like a northern lad, and he's sorted again. Uh, none of this newfangled bollocks. He's back in the game. No dramas. Brownlee for the win. Female, though, I think Ash Gentle probably keeps hold of it. I think that they – I just think she's got so much dominance. I think she can do three PTA races probably, win those, and that maximum possible points pretty hard to beat. I don't, you know, I think we'll see someone get close to wins Kona and maybe does well in two top tier events, but I think there are enough events that Ash can probably keep hold of. 
Yeah, I want to be clear. I put uh, for the women's predictions. I did put you know tied for number one was was Cat Matthews and Taylor Nib. However, I, I want to give some uh, you know a real a real massive shout here to Ashley Gentle, and and the reason why is because she's an athlete that can solely focus on these PTO races. Right? I doubt we're going to see her. We might see her try seventy point three World Championships, um, but she's not going to. I doubt she's going to do an Ironman race, and she's not going to go down and try and do uh, qualify for the Olympics in Paris. So you will see a benefit there where some other athletes are still, you know, they're, they're interested in, in trying to win Ironman world championships. They're interested in trying to qualify for the Olympics. So she's going to have the, her largest uh, gift here will be focus and, and it's going to be, she'll be able to go to the events and be strategic. And, and I think ultimately you'll, she's going to rack up some more wins. I agree. Gentle first. <laughs> Um, Talbot, he put in his picks. He had to catch flight. So number one, male athlete of the year, no surprise, Michael Sanders. And then female, uh, Danielle Reef, being coached by he who shall not be named. Male winner of the test event. I'm going with Matthew Hauser. I think that at the end of last year, he showed some true form. And I think that he can only continue to improve. Um, maybe he's the next new hope for Australia since... Uh, the Jacob Burt whistle thing, I don't think worked out as well as they anticipated, um, in Tokyo, maybe Matthew can bring back the special shoes they used in transition and win them a relay gold as well. But also winning the test event doesn't automatically destine you for Olympic glory. Do we remember who won the test event in 2020, 2019? Oh, that's a good trivia question. Remind us, Chelsea. Okay, here's your first clue. He's really little. Yeah, Tyler Mislachuk, uh on the men's side. And and the women's, you know, we probably had the largest uh, world triathlon snafu I can remember in recent times with two athletes holding hands on the women's side and, and ultimately being DQ'd. So, um, but the, women, yeah. the woman who won the test event by virtue of the DQs did also win the Olympics. So, who knows? So, yeah, I think on the on the men's side, I have Morgan Pearson picked from from Team USA, and I think he's he's always uh, had one massive result per year, and I think this time he's gonna he's gonna get it done at the test event. I had Leo Berger. I think we saw twenty twenty two being the beginning, and I I picked him because it is in Paris. Frenchmen, I think, will be really focusing for that event. Yeah, I want to try. I had Alexier, but I, I'm sort of sold on Leo Berger. Um, I like him as an athlete as well. Um, I think Leo Berger too. I think the French realise they've, they've got enough firepower to actually make tactics work. I thought it was the most perfectly executed team tactics we've seen in a long time to give him the series win. And if they're playing that game still, then I think they've got a huge advantage. On the women's side, I'll, I'll carry on as I'm going. George Taylor-Brown. Um, I know Duffy's been a little bit injured and struggling a little bit, and I'm just trying to keep it interesting. I think GTB is the closest competition she's got at the moment, so I'm going Georgia. I'm going going Jess in a dominant return. I just want no one to forget that she's coming back. That was a surprise. Do we know when her first race back is going to be? No, I think she's still building up the running. She was literally on crutches for six months last year. So that's 
quite the injury to come back from. We did an episode last year with Martin Van Riel and Jess Learmonth. If you want to go back and listen to it, um, it was very insightful. Jess has a very thick accent, so make sure you put your listening ears on. But she's hilarious. Jess is one of the funniest people in the world, let alone the world of triathlon. Agreed. Uh, Talbot's picks were Alex G for the men and then for the women, Glenn Jorgensen or Taylor Spivey. So I guess he's just going to back the Americans for that uh, test event. I'm staying with the theme of not being biased, and and I'm and I've got GJ down for for the win as well. And that's and that's your have to, uh, Yeah. Right. But again, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at previous results at the test event as my as my indicator for for future results. Was that 2020, 2019? Was that 2018? Well, no, no, you can look at uh, 2011 and you can look at 2015. (laughs) So as a previous test event. So that's great, and you, you do also represent her as well, don't you? Just to I absolutely no, I, in, in all no, no, no. This is this is one that the media gets wrong all the time. I am not my wife's agent, so you heard it here first. I'm Pro oh. Try News. There, there was a little slip up in the ESPN article that was uh, posted. It happens all the time. I do not represent Gwen. I'd love my wife. I'd like to stay married to her, and so she has two wonderful agents that she's had since uh, 2016. Got it. Got it. Yeah. You're just her. You're just her chef. So you make sure she has no GI. I, I'm. I'm the chef. I'm now. I'm the bike mechanic again. I've got the DI2 app downloaded on my phone, so I'm. I'm ready to go and do whatever you need. I got. I got. You got. You very. You need very little tools these days. <laughs> the, one last quick question before we get into the last of our table. Pat, do you enjoy being back on the circuit? Have you missed it? Well, I've only been to a Conti Cup so far, but obviously there were a lot of familiar faces, and it, and it was super fun. And and I think, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's really fun to be back and on when you know when you've made this choice and and you're here because you want to be here. And so it's a it's a whole, I'd say, just a newfound energy. And yeah, I I love it. Cool. Okay, what's going to be the best race of 2023? One of these PTO races. We're gonna we're gonna see them nail the broadcast. Uh, we're gonna see them get that right. We're gonna see a, you know, I think either on the men's or the women's side, we're gonna see four or five athletes turn up and and really put on a show and have some lead changes. And and I think, you know, whether it's in in Ibiza or Milwaukee, um, I think ultimately we're gonna see one of those PTO races really kind of set the world on fire from from a from a race standpoint. And from a from a broadcast standpoint, yeah, for sure. Mark, what do you got? I, I don't care. I, I just think it's so like vague. I, I just I want to wait till we get fields announced. And I think actually one of the most exciting races in reflection, even though I'm a long course fan, most through and through i just think the strength we have across the short distance stuff at the moment i think we'll see an incredible race in the men's field in world triathlon so, you know maybe the test event or something we'll see hayden world leo Berger, you'll see christian blumenfeld we'll see like five or six absolute hitters take it to each other on the run and i think for me that will probably turn out to be the most exciting race of the year and then i'm really looking forward to the ironman world champs in nice I think that course could be brilliant. I think the town is probably going to be really exciting. And I think the climbing and stuff might make for a really exciting race. So they're the two for me. Charles? 
Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I was going to say the test event, but um, I think, yeah, I'm definitely more and more interested in PTO races. I went to Nice finally. So, like, I think all of these kind of long course races I'm looking forward to following a bit more this year now that you guys are teaching me who's who and what's what. So, it's great. I'm most excited for PTO Singapore race. Uh, obviously, there's a Formula One race there. So, it'll be cool to watch and see. Um, kind of how the race will unfold there also with the limited number of starts going to be there um and it backing up to 70.3 worlds backing up to the test event in paris this race could be dynamic or it could be could fall flat so i just feel like that's what i'm most looking forward to um ironman world championship splitting venues between kona and nice i feel like will be a fun dance for ironman to kind of navigate so I'm most looking forward to that as well. Lastly, we get to get into some hot takes. Um, Mark, you want to take care of this hot take for us? We didn't really get any like submitted hot takes much this week, um, and we kind of haven't got much in the way of like we've not really dived into it and chatted offline. So mine was sort of going to be like an opening season plea, so we don't have to talk about the same issues over and over and over. Um, I know Sam basically told us that the PTO have to film from the front or it'll be terrible. Um, but it, the plea goes out to the PTO and Ironman to just really understand that most bike 40 meters out is like 10% easier for the athlete, right? So please get the motor game sorted for us this season. So this is the only time we have to talk about it. And the other one is like a plea to Ironman and the PTO to start like obeying by the rules that you guys write. You know, last year we saw banned wetsuits not having any punishment. We saw deliberate littering over and over not get punished like if you write the rules please just follow your own rules and make sure the officials do and then we cannot be boring and rattle on about rules and motives and we can talk about the stuff we like like the gossip and the crap shoes or the keto diets or whatever it might be um so that's like an early season plea instead of a hot take let's not talk about motos again yeah yeah i think uh, i think that's a big one um yeah i'd love to see you know, some great courses again. We had an amazing one here, a bike course uh, in Taupo. And believe it or not, there were zero U-turns on it and it was hilly and it had really fast technical turns. So it can be done. It's been done at a Conti Cup level. So uh, I'd love to just see some some big, fast, wide open racing. It's fantastic. Um, as we wrap up, I want to give a thanks, as always, to the sponsor of our show, Waterfall Bank. Be sure to visit waterfallbank.com. Put your money in a bank where you are supported by triathletes. You can also join the Waterfall Racing team. Visit waterfallracing.com. $75. It comes with a myriad of benefits, including access to the professionals that are on the team. As well, if you join now, you get a free month of straight training from EC Fit Boulder with Aaron Carson. I know all of you guys enjoyed the Manscaped ads. They are coming to an end, unfortunately. So the best thing that you guys can do is go to manscaped.com, use code PROTRYNEWS20, and buy as many razors, as many shavers, ball trimmers, ball deodorant, everything that you can buy so that they can see the benefit from sponsoring our podcast so they can continue um, kind of helping improve triathlon and so that we can not have as many hairy people running around at the races. So thank you guys for joining us. It's a great sponsor. I want them back just so we can hear you say ball deodorant again. Anyway, carry on. Sorry, mate. You're good. You're good. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We're so excited for the end of the end of the year, the beginning of the year. 
to start uh, the end of the off season. And so be sure to tune into the races this weekend. Ironman uh, South Africa will be televised as well as WTCS Abu Dhabi. So tune in and we'll see you guys next week.